listening to Embodied, Empowered, Engaged, a podcast for women. I'm your host, Mackenzie Eason. Embodied, Empowered, Engaged is a place of warmth, safety, and love for women to share real stories, insights, vulnerabilities, tips, and tools about what it is to live as an embodied woman empowered in her truth and heartfully engaged in a life of transformation and service. Together, we explore what it takes to truly inhabit ourselves, especially those wildly uncomfortable, less sparkly parts. Welcome, sister. You are invited to join exactly as you are. Thank you for joining this episode of Embodied, Empowered, Engaged. Today we have with us the amazing Luna Love. Luna is a woman of devotion, a leadership mentor, and the host of the Ladies Who Lead podcast. She assists women ready to share their gifts in the world to achieve clear vision by providing supportive, life-promoting experiences practical tools, and spiritual wisdom by aligning one's divine essence, authentic expression, and life purpose. She supports embodied transformation through the power of self-awareness and aligned action. Luna is devoted to social justice advocacy through council work and the dissolution of separation amongst people and environments, as well as the restoration of sacred union within all relations. In devotion, Luna is here to walk a path of beauty. In this episode, we explore personal edges and what it takes to answer our life's callings and fully show up in our lives, like really show up. We also explore the path of emotional mastery and what that actually entails, so the subtleties and key components, and in particular, how do we create safety for ourselves in the space to actually feel. Luna shares her personal story of transformation after facing big grief and loss as a teenager and the pivotal moments and perspectives that have changed her life in profound ways. We get down to the nitty-gritty of feeling and the gifts that are there for us when we do. There's lots and lots of wisdom nuggets in this one, especially towards the end, so be sure to tune in all the way through. And this interview is so near and dear to my heart. So I hope this episode really nourishes you and serves you in the most beautiful way. Enjoy. Welcome, Luna Love, to Embodied, Empowered, Engaged podcast. This will be the very first episode, actually that will launch. Yeah. And I'm so tickled and honored and overjoyed to have you as the very first guest. Thank you. I had the idea of beginning each episode with just a drop-in moment of us and whoever's listening to just taking some big deep breaths and dropping in, just starting to note sensations, feelings, Breathing into our toes and our knees, our pelvis, just starting to scan what is present and real for us right now. 
taking stock, inviting our whole selves to be present. In the nature of embodiment and sharing our truth and vulnerability, I'd love to start with a quick share of what is alive for each of us in terms of sensation or feeling and just really a naming to invite it and include it in before we start. And I can go first. I'm feeling my toes feel pretty far away, actually. So it feels good to breathe into them. And I feel like a flushness in my cheeks and my heart's beating a little fast. And I feel like a liveness in my eyes. Like things are feeling really bright. And my belly feels a little tight. There's mm. kind of like a tingly, exciting, very alert um, sensation. Oh, I love this. I'm feeling really present and grateful. I'm feeling my, my legs tight from days of hiking and rock climbing and then sitting on a plane. I'm feeling their communication with me to, to move more tomorrow. And I'm feeling a sense of lightness and happiness to be here with, with you and your audience. And I'm noticing the, the sounds of the crickets outside and feeling appreciation mm. for them. Beautiful. Feels really yummy to do. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, it feels great just to name, for me, the name and including the nervousness. And I think a part of this podcast for me is my own living edge and being witnessed in my transformation as hosting and guiding and connecting. So it feels great to include all of that. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking to start, I would love to hear maybe just what's alive for you right now in terms of your work and your engagement in life and any of the topics of empowerment or your service in the world, what feels really alive for you with what you're doing and offering and also in combination, your living edges right now. All right. Right now my living edge is I got engaged two days ago and I'm feeling so many things, like so much excitement and so much fullness and so much love and that edge of fear and what the hell am I doing? And <laughs> feeling the hugeness, the bigness of this rites of passage that I've said yes to and um, also feeling like tons of support. But definitely that's my edge is every day meeting the, the mind the fear, the, the resistance to letting it in and just nurturing that part of myself that feels that way mm -hmm. and, and letting that be present. And it's so welcomed in my partnership for that to be a part of this experience, which feels really good as well. But that's like right in this moment, that's my edge. By the time this airs, I'll have just started a program that I've been really putting everything into 
if this does air first week in October and there's any people who are like late registrants and I heard about it and I have to participate, feel free to reach out. But we're just getting started with the first week of an emotional mastery course. And this is Feminine Leadership Academy, which I did last year. And the curriculum's totally different this year. It's all focused on emotional mastery. And I actually birthed this course in April when I was in the Hawaiian Islands where you are. And I was laying on the beach and like the whole stream of consciousness just birthed the entirety of the course, the modules, the curriculum, like all the copy, it just flew through me. And and I sat with it and I cultivated it and I put in more in a launch for a program in this than I ever have in anything else that I've put out there, at least up-leveling my professionalism and really seeing how necessary that is. Like, is it necessary for me to create all the like level of professionalism in the videos and the promotional things? And, and is it more effective really? Is it more effective for me to just do a Facebook live from my living, from my, my messy house? Like, so it's cool to kind of experiment and invest time and money and energy in a way that I haven't before and totally be, you know, with every launch, at least for me as an entrepreneur, with every launch, there's always the like, nobody might sign up for this. <laughs> right. <laughs> every time. And, and totally that being like a realistic option and just surrendering to it because it was so spirit led and spirit guided and spirit birthed, trusting that relationship that that is guiding me and and that that's going to give me the bring the results that are of my highest good and of the community's highest good and of the program's highest good and like if that's four people and I break even from my investment of putting into this awesome like it'll be worth it in some way and I'll have learned something that supports me so right now in my business that's kind of at its apex I'm also realizing that like I I just took on a lot this whole year. So many things, so much travel, beautiful relationships and clients and life and retreats and kind of all just apexed around the same time and coalesced in, in a way that I'm feeling really full in my life in the best way possible to all things that I called in mm-hmm. that I'm so grateful to receive, but feeling the fullness of, of all of them happening at once and also feeling my ever deepening and ever widening capacity to hold it all and acknowledging that that's really what that's really what I'm here for is to increase my capacity to hold it all in life holds like including not just my life but like the whole human earth relationship and all the things that are going on in the collective consciousness like just my capacity to really hold all of that and honor where I'm at right now at the same time. And it's cool because I usually have like everything planned out like months and months in advance. Like last year, my whole entire year was planned by this time of year for the following year. And next, I have no idea what I'm doing next year. Project wise, living wise, all I know is I'm, I'm open to being guided and it's a different thing to surrender to allowing the muse and inspiration to guide me and just listening and waiting for that 
impulse rather than creating things from my mind around what I think would be uh, successful or needed or just, just really pausing and listening. And that's definitely an edge that I've been surrendering into that is definitely out of my comfort zone and slowly becoming a new comfort zone of just being okay in the unknown more and more and more. Wow, so many powerful things in what you were just naming. And I want to dive in later about the Emotional Mastery course. There's so much juice there. And just what you were sharing with your process with it, what really sticks out is your, your process with receiving inspiration, as you refer to it as like the muse and guidance, and showing up to have it move through and produce it. And then also the process of like totally surrendering to it and not being attached to the outcome. And I know for myself, when sharing something in the world, it's so easy to get caught up into the result of the outcome and not being correlated to your worth, how good you are, like the quality of what's coming through. Really, I think what you're sharing speaks to that that shift from like trying, forcing, or planning. I think that's so beautiful. I was up in Orcas Island this summer living up there for the for a few months and there was a woman who I just loved, a magical woman who I became friends with and she wanted to do she wanted to host like a community music potluck evening and and kind of like a concert. And it was super last minute and kind of poorly executed. But I'll never forget this. I'll never forget what she said. She said, I have an offering. Whether or not anybody comes or anybody gives a donation or anybody brings a gift, I still have an offering. And there was something so powerful and wise in that that shifted me internally and reminded me of that deep knowing of like, this is just my offering. Like, I have it. No, Whether anybody receives it or not, it's still my gift to give and my joy to give and my devotion to give and my a guide you know the guidedness of of giving it is my beautiful experience it has nothing to do with whether or not anybody receives it and i would love that i would love right and it's not what it's about right like that's not where your orientation is oriented to the offering itself yeah yeah I know you help women with connecting to their, like the clarity of their purpose and their service in the world and really showing up in that way. And I've seen you do that in such an immaculate way, at least from out here. It seems just so beautiful the way that you really engage in life and show up and give your gifts and offer them so beautifully and could um, share a little bit more about your journey of coming into the clarity of either a particular offering or your service purpose and any pivotal moments or um, I guess your process around that, like getting through doubt or kind of what we're speaking to with the, oh, will anyone show up or like, what was that like for you? Ah, my, you know, my journey has been so guided in serendipity 
just showing up and receiving what's there for me in the moment. And so as far as my work and my career, I have this beautiful relationship of like, I'm building something that feels so temporary. Like I'm not here to, and it might become like this huge Daniel Laporte style company. And that's not what my intention is. And that could totally be what spirit has in store for me. But my work is about remembrance. It's about alignment and embodiment. And I can do that if I own a flower shop. I can do that if I work as a hospice worker, which is kind of where I see the direction of my life going. And supporting people in in death and dying. Like My work is about the remembrance of the true self and aligning our actions to that through our embodiment. And I can do that in so many ways. And so my journey has been really that of answering the call and just showing up and people having opportunities for me that I didn't expect that have become huge journeys in my life. I had a friend who worked at a drug and alcohol addiction care clinic. And this is probably the start, which was he was going on vacation to Hawaii for many months and needed somebody to fill in. And he thought of me and I had, you know, did not have the credentials to do that at the time, but I interviewed with the owner and he said, you get it. You don't have on paper what we need or look for, but you get it. You can, you can speak to this experience. And so they were like, let's try it out and see how it goes and see how the clients like you. And then we'll take it from there. And I ended up working there for five years. And it was through that serendipitous person thinking of me to be there and it all working out that one landed me there for five years, but two, it gave me one-on-one clients to experience that I love doing that. And then I went to school for that. And then my, my classmates became my clients and like the things just kept coming. I wasn't really trying to create anything. It just showed up. And, and I said, yes. And I listened and I waited and something else showed up and I said, yes. Mm -hmm. And so that's been my journey. And there's totally times when I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I just want to, like, there's so much commitment to a business and to clients and to create being like a public person, public figure. And there's so many times when I'm just like, I just want to do flower arrangements and like live in a town in the middle of nowhere where nobody knows me and I don't have a social media or a computer and I can just go and leave and go on a trip whenever I want. And, and, and at the same time, that feels awesome. And I don't know if I would be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. I think that I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing for a reason because it, it brings me so much joy and so much pleasure and so much fulfillment. And so I, right now I trust that. And when it doesn't feel that way, I'll probably do something else. That voice of like, quit, like give it all up even though it brings me joy, definitely is there. And I think that goes back to like my current edge in my, my life, which is like 
just the doubt of like, is the choice I'm making the right decision? And when I'm in my mind, I could spiral into so many what ifs. And when I'm in my body, I so deeply know the truth. That's where I go. That's my compass. And that just speaks to the whole embodiment journey is like the body knows is your, is your compass, is your guidance. Yeah, I love that piece of listen, follow, listen, follow. Mm-hmm. And that kind of hear your naming is your purpose and journey is a continual process for you and not just pinpointed to your business. Yeah. And those particular offerings that it's this ongoing kind of wheel turning in all aspects of your life. Yeah. And listen, follow, when you were saying that, I kept hearing and show up fully, not just follow and like explore, maybe let's see, but like anything that I'm going to say yes to, I'm going to give 110% to, otherwise I'm not going to say yes. Otherwise it's not really honoring whatever I'm saying yes to. It's more than listen, follow. And that just like, it's like, and really, really value whatever it is I'm saying yes to in my life. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what does that, when you say show up, when you've said yes to something, what does that look like or feel like to you? <laughs> like what first pops in my ma- mind is like, oh yeah, you can so easily fleetingly listen and say like, yeah, that's great. Yes. And then the moment you uh, like kind of hit a, a speed bump or something that's uncomfortable or like not as you planned, it's really easy to just like throw it out the window and listen for the next thing or, you know, so what does that look like for you when you really show up? Yeah. And no, I love that you shared that. Cause I think in the past that would have been a, me. That would have been like the queen of unfinished projects, like starting a, like a painting series for a gallery and like not following through with the completion and like just getting excited about projects and starting them and having all this energy around creation and inspiration. And then when it actually came down to it, like being excited by the next thing and never following through. And that was like my early my early 20s was very much like that. And Mm -hmm. I was seeing that I just wasn't, it wasn't creating anything. And I was expending a lot of energy. And I have this, this thing around incomplete cycles of action, which is when we say, Mm. I'm going to do something to the universe or to ourselves. And then we don't do it. What happens, I believe, is that the universe stores and reserves a portion of our energy in order to complete that because we said that we're going to do that. And when we have all these things, like I'm going to clean out the garage or I'm going to clean out that closet or I'm going to clean out, you know, the thing that's always where we're stuffing our stuff, even if it's our like emotional closet and we don't do it. It's amazing what happens when we make that list of the incomplete cycles of action and cross off three things. It's like reading a book you said you were going to read or like calling Aunt Josephine that you, you know, like I got to call her, but you'd never do it's like crossing those things off reclaims so much energy. It's amazing. And so for me, that's like a tangent of our question, but for me, showing up 100% is like not just the effort that I put in to trying my best. It's how do I meet plateaus? How do I meet challenges? How do I meet it 
when it gets hard, as you were saying. And it, for me, showing up 110% means it means leaning in. It means getting mm. radically more vulnerable than you even think we're capable of getting. It means um, allowing myself to be seen in the worst parts of myself. You know, as, as I'm engaged now, we say, you know, we want to do this because we're happy. And if we're not happy, we don't want to do this. Like if down the road, we're not happy, like we don't want to try to force it. And we will fight with all our might. You know, that's that for me is showing up 110%. It's like, oh, I'm not happy. So bye. It's not, that's not what it is. It's like, I'm not, my business isn't going the way it is, or this friendship or this relationship or this diet or commitment that I made to myself isn't going the way I want. It's not giving me the results I want. So like, just get rid of it and try the next thing. It's like, no, I'm going to follow through. I'm going to show up with all of my might. And no matter what, I'm going to, I'm going to fight for this. And I'm going to fight until it doesn't feel like a self-honoring choice for me to fight anymore. And then I'm just let it be honored in its new incarnation, whatever that is, whether it's the life purpose or the partnership or the home. It's, it's just knowing when, okay, what I'm doing feels like it's in service to the woman that I came here to be and the person that I am. And then like, this is no longer in service to that person. I've, I'm like, I have lost her and I got to stop fighting for this and find her. Then mm. something else will be more aligned for all of those parts and pieces, whatever yeah. that is. But to not give up so easily, I think is really. The yeah. Key. Yeah. What comes to mind is devotion that yeah. you're speaking to. It's like the being connected to devotion to that whatever it is that you've said yes to and that being this kind of wellspring that keeps you showing up and saying yes it's like a yes and a continual yes yeah yeah and my devotion is to my own soul's journey yeah and being in service and devotion to honoring that through all of my thoughts and words and actions and if I'm doing that and I have a service orientation to life, I'm always winning. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. Oh, I love that perspective. There's something really alive for me with the phrase showing up. And I feel that on the path of embodiment and empowerment and engagement, like all those things really require us to show up and different ways so like really showing up with ourselves really showing up with what we've said yes to really showing up with our soul's journey our like our projects like showing up in our relations I really feel that quality and something that perked my ears up and kind of circles back down to your um what you just launched is the emotional mastery and I really love the way you share yourself and connect to your emotions from our conversations in the past and what I see you sharing and have personally, I think something I felt so um, impacted by from what we've shared before is this conversation we had around self-responsibility and it really shifted something in me into like a, a romance with it and what it means to be self-responsible and in particular it was around 
my emotions and like showing up for my emotions and being willing to maybe go to those incomplete emotional cycles, essentially. Um, so I'm wondering if you could dive us a little deeper into that topic of emotional mastery and showing up with our emotions, what that means to you, what that looks like, why do that, anything around that topic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, emotional mastery is not a destination. It's, mm. it's a path that we can walk and deepen in and devote ourselves to every day. That's how I relate to it. It's not about becoming a master or right. you know, getting a certification. <laughs> right. It's about a path of devotion. And, and for me, it's such an integral part of the human experience. You know, I, uh, I can never attribute this to anyone because I don't know who it's attributed to, but I heard this um, when doing a vision quest and earlier this year, and it was, no one escapes this being human, the agony and the ecstasy. Or like, no one escapes the agony and the ecstasy of being human. It means that like, it's the full spectrum experience. We can't experience we can't understand joy without pain. We can't understand pain without joy. It would just be our existence. And they're so integral. And allowing ourselves to experience the full spectrum, I think that we so often try to navigate within a, a middle point that feels comfortable or safe for us. And each person's middle point is different. But even this, the, like we think about this in the, the shadowy kind of emotions. Um, there's just as much resistance to the to the ecstasy of life. So many people don't allow themselves to have that childlike nature of wonder and and mystery and joy and the moment and such and like bliss, just really enjoying something fully. And I think we limit our expression of pleasure a lot. And so for me, emotional mastery is can I meet whatever arises? Can I honor that this is informing me in some way? And that's really my relationship to it is, okay, I'm feeling this thing, whatever it is. What is it trying to inform me of? What is it letting me know that I'm ready for, ready to look at, or ready to heal, or ready to honor, or ready to acknowledge, or ready to let go of? Like, What is this feeling, this sensation, this emotion because I believe that it's on my side. I believe that it's my ally. And so if it's my ally, it's in service to me in some way. So what's its service? Like that's always my inquiry. And when I inquire from that space, it's, I'm, I'm being responsible for it. I'm not saying, oh, I'm angry because, Ken's, you did X, Y, Z, and you're this and that, and I'm angry, and so I'm going to just throw my anger at you. It's saying, huh, I'm wondering why I'm feeling this way. Oh, I feel disrespected or hurt. And when I can go underneath the emotion and look at the deeper reason why and realize that it's most often a trigger from something in the past um, that is just coming up to be healed rather than the actual instantaneous moment that is really the issue, I give myself so much permission to, to feel, to accept to acknowledge to honor whatever it is with 
with compassion for myself. And when I live in that space, or at least it's my intention and my devotion and it's my, my anchor that I come back to, it's a thousand times easier for me to meet the pain of the world or the upset of somebody I love or a stranger's anger for taking a parking space, like all the things that happen in life. It's so much easier for me to meet that when I'm compassionate with my own inner you know, emotional terrain. And so my devotion is to having the willingness to explore it with curiosity. That to me is emotional mastery. It's okay, what's happening? And can I be curious with it? And can I inquire? And can I not allow it to rule me? Allow it to make my choices? Allow it to take me off so far off my center that I forget the kind person that I'm really here to be? just in a moment, just by being like triggered how far we can get from our true nature. And so that, that's the practice. That's the walk. That's the journey is practicing that. And there's like endless opportunities every day. to. <laughs> that's, yes. That's the path. That's the path of emotional mastery is, is having the willingness to do that. Right. Yeah. The willingness to, to feel the curiosity feels so key. And I think that's such a game changer is when you shift how you relate to your emotional experience from like, why is this happening to me? Something's wrong. I hate this. To this is, this isn't happening to me. It's happening for me. And like it informing me and being curious, like those two things feel so pivotal to the journey of relating differently to your emotions. Yeah, it's a totally different orientation to life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And And it creates a totally different set of results that we're going to get. If we orient ourselves in a totally different, with totally different glasses and lenses and position, we're going to get totally different results. And it doesn't mean that when I say different results, it doesn't mean, oh, if I do this, then I'm going to not feel hurt or those are not the different results it's it's the results of how we meet them emotions are going to be there the same right and that's part of the lens of how you're showing up differently is not to show up to get rid but to to like include I feel curious if there's a time in your own journey where you had that shift or realization in your life is there one that really like bubbles up to be shared or challenging journey or a pivotal place for you in your life with that? Yeah. Oh, it, I was a really rude, abrasive, in-your-face teenager. And it was my protection mechanism for people getting close to me. I was also like proving myself from an intellectual space of like knowing better and therefore having some kind of authority when I felt really powerless in my life, feeling powerless around like the, the traumas and the, the mysterious losses and changes and life's life happening, that feeling so powerless, it was like, okay, well, if I just relate this way in this very intellectual, atheistic, uh, constantly debating and arguing with people way, that I'm right in some way, 
it's constantly pushing people away, which is kind of what I want. But deep down, all I really wanted was like intimacy and closeness and connection. Mm -hmm. And so it's this kind of motion where we have one hand out to keep people away and one hand waving them in to say, please come here. And, and I was kind and loving and my true nature was there. And so I would have these beautiful relationships and I would, I would ruin them. I mean, my amazing family as a teenager dealing with me, you know, I think one of the reasons why I was more like that at home was that I knew that they'd always love me no matter what. And I totally put people through hell and I didn't know any better. I mean, I was just a kid trying to deal, trying to deal with like immense loss. Um, my mom passed away when I was 13 and I just had no tools to deal with my emotions. And so I went through life without any sense of resources to deal with my emotions and my family didn't know what to do and they didn't have the tools. So I often just got sent to like the next psychiatrist who I was just like, this is so like, I do not want to do this. This person does not get me. I don't feel the intimacy. I just didn't want to share. I just was like, this is bogus. Like this didn't jive. And so I went through life and little by little, I filled my, my capacity of holding it all in. And I burst without warning and without like involuntarily. And I was forced to feel, and I started to do so to the best of my ability with the tools I had. And then I miscarried a child and it, really gave me the permission to grieve my mom from so long mm. ago. And it wasn't even about the child or my mom. It was really about shedding the identities of myself that I had constructed to keep myself safe in the world that were not really who I was. And that was the loss. That was the death. That was the grief was allowing all these parts of myself that weren't me to die and really discovering through that journey who I was. And it's that, because I had an intellectual understanding of all of this before, and I felt better because I had processed emotions, but it wasn't until I really truly grieved that I was able to lay down so much of my anger and sadness and really just feel. And that process had so much resistance in the beginning. And when I finally just was like, I don't know what to do. I'm just like, whatever, (laughs) whatever, whatever (laughs) you have in store for me. Like, I don't even care. Like if I need to like be homeless and go live under a bridge and like everything is lost, like fine. I just don't even care anymore. And it was only then when I just gave myself permission to feel without trying to fix it or figure it out or just have the embodied experience of feeling grief that that I released so much of the stuff that I was holding onto. And those are my tools. My tools are from my own experience. They're not from a course or take, you know, learning something or it's from having the embodied experience of being with extremely challenging emotions. And it's only then that when I went back to my work as a counselor, that I was able to meet clients who had immense trauma in ways that I was really able to hold it, like hold it within my, my being as 
that this is a safe space for anything to come up because I felt safe within myself for anything in my own life to come up. So there was nothing that anybody could bring forward that I was going to be shocked or uncomfortable or not know how to handle. And it didn't matter what it was. And now I'm able to do that with populations that really need it. Like, and I go into prisons and sit down about less than a foot from a person who's kidnapped, tortured, and murdered a family. And, and I can just hold all of that in the love and welcome it and let them know that like their choices don't change their innate nature of being lovable. And that's like, for me, that's like superpowers. It's like for, yeah, like just going from who I was to being able to do something like that. It's in a, in not a intellectual way of look, look at me, I'm trying to prove what I can do and like, I can help you, but just simply from the place of like, cool, let's be uncomfortable together. Yeah. It's totally different. And I, I feel like I've gained superpowers through just allowing myself to have my own experience. I never thought of it that way, but that's cool. Yeah. You've become safe enough within yourself to feel the full spectrum and how that translates to how you support other people and just engaging in the world as a whole. That is so gorgeous. Can you take us deeper into how you create safety within yourself? Yeah, a lot of it is just permission. And Mm. by no means am I like here saying that I never get triggered and I'm always able to hold everything. Like that's not (laughs) my reality. My capacity increases day by day, month by month, year by year in my ability to do that and hold more and, and be aware of my own interior experience. And Mm -hmm. so much of the safety is like being in the body. So many people are dissociated from the sensations in the body. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I have back pain. And I'm not, I, I don't, but I'm just giving an example. Like how many people have back pain or neck pain and go sit at a desk in a like awful chair, looking at a computer, like totally not ergonomic day in and day out not acknowledging the pain, the sensation, the feelings Mm -hmm. in your body that are trying to be communicated to say, hey, look at me, address this. There's something here for you to look at feeling-wise underneath this pain. And we, we can go through the motions and kind of just, there's not enough time that I don't have the energy. I don't want to go there. It's a can of worms that I don't want to open. It's just safer to ignore it, pretend it's not there, run in the opposite direction. And when we just give ourselves permission to simply be in our bodies and feel, it's, it's a game changer. And so like, yeah. yeah. And, and there are totally times when I feel things and contract and don't want to go there. And it's softening of those edges. It's, it's creating space for myself to say, pause from whatever I'm doing, like take space. Okay. Like I'm in the middle of a thing, a travel or an event or client session or whatever. Okay, great. 
I hear you. I acknowledge you. And after this is done, I'm going to go create space and like journal or go on a hike and like be with myself and feel this and give it time to be acknowledged. And it's having the willingness to do that, that creates the safety. And it's, you know, for me, it's always, I'm, I'm analytical and I love, you know, science and data and numbers. And for me, it's just collecting data. Okay. Well, this doesn't feel good to feel this contraction. And when I don't acknowledge it, it doesn't go anywhere. And then I experience like physical pain in my body. Okay. Well, that's my one experience. I've collected all this data from like many, many moments in life. And, and then there's the data of, okay, what is it like to lean in? What's it like to be compassionate with myself? It's actually amazing. It's the resistance to doing that that creates the suffering. But when I actually just do that or I actually allow myself to receive that from another person, it's amazing. So, okay, I've collected enough data to know this feels good in my body and this doesn't. And so right now it's just simply being like, I'm going to do what feels good in my body and being aware that like the resistance to feeling is not actually feeling. So, so many people like Mm. think about like when you really needed to have a good cry. And it's like for weeks, weeks or days or whatever it was, there was like this like ugh, this edge and it sucks and it's like suffering and I don't want to go there. But then when you actually have the good cry, it like maybe lasts for 10 minutes right. and you feel great. It's not that the feeling part that sucks. It's the resistance to feeling that creates our suffering. And so knowing that for myself and reminding myself of that and for me, it's also about softening. And like, I even have a visual because my tendency can be to like contract, calcify, become calloused and like put up armor. And so even just the visual of like soft, feathery, like <laughs> clouds, things, yeah. Yeah, clouds can like help me just let that perceived need for safety in those ways that I've that I used in the past that are you know ingrained still in my psyche to let them know that I don't need them right now and it's okay for me to just feel this right yeah there's so many things so many tools and simple just cultivation of awareness and mindfulness I would say is is Mm. key being Mm -hmm. in the body giving yourself permission yeah safety comes from vulnerability vulnerability self-intimacy allowing ourselves to have intimacy with others and um it's so needed we're so heightened in our existence of like wondering what's how someone's going to react and it creates such a lack of feeling safe in the world which is such a contribution for the the war in the world and when we can just have our own internal experience of that of safety, it's profound how it can change our relationship to the world around us. It's really huge. Wow. What image came to mind when you were sharing was that resistance factor and where that experience, sometimes if you're nauseous and you're just like, just really resistant to the fact that your belly hurts and you're nauseous and it's like, that is almost like the resistance phase to feeling. But then when you actually go to purge, it's like sometimes pleasurable and you feel great after. 
you know, it's like the buildup before phase. And that is like what you're speaking to that suffering place and that the actual present moment sensation of it. Yeah. For me, it's like when I'm in my body and I'm, I'm aware that I'm experiencing some kind of discomfort or suffering or pain or dis-ease in my body, it's so easy to, once I acknowledge it, I'm like, oh, well, I can just choose to, to like choose something else that's not going to make me feel that way. <laughs> right. But it, it's being in my body enough to know that that's what's happening. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you can track it and see it and then just make a simple choice. And it's, yeah, simple choice. It's like lean into discomfort, lean into vulnerability. It's, it sounds simple, but it can be so hard based on what we've, what constructs of the mind we've built around that not being okay or not being safe or not being manly or not being mature or not being any of these things that we've heard in our lives that have shaped how we show up. There can be a lot wrapped up around those, you know, quote, simple choices and a different way of relating to all of it. I just love that so, so, so much. With everything you've been sharing, it's this coming back to the body to inform you and the sensation and the feeling back to the body. And I know in my own journey, I was also intellectualizing even emotional things and concepts and like intellectual processing, but I was just kind of spinning in the story and it, the energy of the emotion not moving through my body. And it was through the journey of actually feeling the sensation in my body is where the transformation occurred. Yeah, it's actually scientifically proven that raw emotions without the story, just simply feeling, only last for 90 seconds or less. Wow. So if I just can be with my sadness without a story of why or who did what or this means this about me if I allow myself Mm. to feel it and I'm just with it, it will change form. It doesn't so it doesn't mean that you'll never be sad again. Right. <laughs> it means that for the moment, that sadness will dissolve, will go away. And so like oftentimes there's an arc with emotions that goes from anger to frustration to upset to sadness and underneath. There's like all these underneath things. So when we can just be with it, sometimes the the frustration turns into sadness, turns into grief, turns into um, feeling alone and then just the acknowledgement of it without any sense of story can bring us into this deep relationship with self that comes into like knowing wisdom through our embodied experience because we're integrating by feeling in our body we don't really integrate through the mind um, as much it's like we learn something and it gets it gets stored in our cells and in our, in our body. And that's how we create how we respond to things in the future. And so just simply actually feeling whatever it is we're feeling, like I feel really unsafe right now. Awesome. If I could just be with that lack of safety in my body without a story of why or blaming somebody else, within 90 seconds, it'll change form. But that means not being in the mind. That means being in the body. That's so, so key. And it's not that I'm, what I've experienced is like, it. yes, it is important to have the awareness 
to dive deep into where something comes from, but not to get caught and hooked into the story of like, I'm angry because blah, 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 and getting stuck there. It's, it's the body experience too that makes like energy and motion, emotion move to the next thing, whatever that is, but for it to not be stored and stuck is what I hear you saying. Yeah. Yeah. And by, yeah, exactly what you were saying is like, honor your experiences that have happened. It, It doesn't mean like, don't ever talk about anything that is related to the emotions that that is right. part of it that is contributed yeah. to it but but in the feeling space if we're in the mind we're not feeling and we have to go through emotions the only way out is through and if we're in the mind we're not going through it through comes from feeling feeling in the body feeling the emotion and how it exists within our sphere and our space feels so lit up from this conversation, Luna. It feels so, so good. Something that keeps popping in, and it doesn't totally make sense, but it's I guess it's sort of related, is one piece of advice you would have given Luna 10 years ago around any of the things we've talked about. Mm. I doubt that she would have listened to me. right right Um, for anyone but yeah I would say trust yourself like trust yeah trust the body's wisdom it's here to serve you Mm. listen more feel more stop drinking so much alcohol (laughs) Um, (laughs) right yeah, or all the things that numb, like feel. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. I think it would just be rather than like advice giving, it would be like the nurturing mother who's like, you're so safe to feel right. sweet. Man, and I know that you're scared and I know that you're, you know, don't feel safe in this space. And like, I've got you, like, you're so safe to just go mm. into the feel like I never had that I think that the advice I would have totally not listened to but if somebody especially myself which I now take on that role for myself had done that then it would have been so different yeah and I'm so grateful to have learned in the ways that I have well thank you so so much Luna I'm just so delighted and see you and love you and I'm so continually inspired by the way that you show up thank you love i must feel so blessed to be here and to be with you and share with your beautiful audience thank you so so much for tuning in and listening today if you'd like to learn more about Luna Love and her offerings and different programs for support and mentorship. You can find more at lunaloveleadership.com. You can also learn more about her Feminine Leadership Academy and Emotional Mastery course at feminineleadership.academy. The doors might have closed for the Emotional Mastery course by the time this airs, but please definitely check that resource out. It's really amazing. And in addition, if you'd like to hear 
Luna Love on her podcast, please check out ladieswholeadpodcast.com. Again, thank you so much for listening. I hope it served you. And if you did receive something yummy and beautiful from this, I definitely invite you to leave reviews or ratings on iTunes. It helps other sisters find this medicine and these conversations. So thank you. Biggest mahalo and have a beautiful day.